0: This is Cruise Radio. I cruise a lot, and I always sail with travel insurance. You should, too. Get a free quote today at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting
1: from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio.
0: We always enjoy speaking with Carnival Cruise Line President Christine Duffy. How you doing, Christine? I'm
2: doing great, Doug. How are you?
0: Good. It's been a few weeks since we spoke, and the last time we spoke, your lips were sealed about the new resort taking place place on Grand Bahama Island. First off, Christine, is it Celebration Key or K?
2: Celebration Key and Half Moon K.
0: All right. What can you tell us about Celebration Key?
2: Well, clearly we are very excited. As you may remember, we've got 329 acres that we've acquired and 100 acres will be preserved. You know, we want to make sure that we're honoring the natural beauty that already exists in this destination in Grand Bahama, and then really focusing on this first phase that we're opening, which will be 40 acres, 1.2 miles of beautiful white sand beach. And, uh, you know, we're creating what we've called portals. So part of Celebration Key is the key that we're going to be introducing to the portals, one of which, Is going to be the welcome area, which you may have seen in the video with our beautiful sandcastle. We'll have a family friendly portal, an adult friendly portal, private club, and a retail village. So those are the five portals. We will have the largest freshwater lagoon in the Caribbean as really, you know, at the center of it all. So we're really excited uh, and over the next several. Weeks and months, we'll be announcing more details on each of these five portals.
0: We've received a couple of emails asking if this destination is going to be actually on Grand Bahama Island or just off the coast.
2: It's part of Grand Bahama Island. So guests that are visiting when the ships are here, in addition to all the things that we'll have available for them in our exclusive destination will also have access if they want to engage in any uh, shore excursions on Grand Bahama Island. So there'll be opportunity if people want to go and explore or take uh, advantage of any of the shore excursions that will be offered.
0: The adults-only area really stuck out when I was watching the video the other day. Can you share a little bit about that portal? Because it looks beautiful.
2: I wanted to make sure that we had a space that was a little more relaxing and uh, a place for adults to be able to chill out. Um, so the, you know, we'll have the big swim up bar um, and we will have cabana rentals, beach cabanas, villas with the slides and lagoon and floating cabanas, dining venues in the adult friendly portal. In the private club, this will be an elevated experience that is going to include a dedicated infinity pool, which we didn't really capture uh, in the video that we shared. It will also have access to a private beach, and that will have cabanas as well as upscale dining. And that'll be more of a quiet, say, like serenity-like space for adults only that aren't looking for, in the adult-friendly portal, what will be a much more high energy vibe.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, so if we want to like compare it to the ship, like the adults only portal will be like Serenity and the the private beach club will be more like a loft 19 on the Excel ships.
2: Good way to experience it. Although the adult friendly is going to be accessible to everyone mm-hmm. versus loft 19, right? Where where people actually, that is a, it's it, much more private gotcha. and uh, smaller. Gotcha. So the adult friendly area will be much more of that carnival fun socializing, uh, DJ, definitely more high energy than even Lock 19. Lock 19 is probably more the adult-only private club, but on steroids, given that you're going to have your private beach and as well as upscale dining.
0: Obviously, a lot of guest feedback goes into developing these new destinations. What did you hear the most from guests about what they want out of a new private destination?
2: I think they definitely wanted to be in the environment where they've got beautiful beach, uh, as well as nature, you know, people, people are, uh, you know, looking for that vision. I think everyone has when you're going into the Caribbean and to a private, um, but, but in a more exclusive destination where you're not, le- you're, you're leaving the ship and getting right onto this, amazing space and there's something for everyone people wanted it to be you know some wanted the fun and high energy others want to be able to have the quiet relaxation that serenity vibe that 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 we created on our ship and then there's people traveling with families as you know you know carnival sails more kids than i think any other cruise line And people wanted to make sure there was something they could do and experience with their kids as well as adults only. So I think it always comes back to the options. Um, They also wanted it to feel authentic and not overly like a theme park.
0: What will separate Celebration Key from other carnival destinations like Amber Cove, like Half Moon, like Grand Turk?
2: Well, I think. You know, starting with Half Moon, which you know we're also developing and we're putting the pier in Half Moon, which is mm-hmm. going to be amazing because, you know, we've really been very limited to the number of ships and size of ships we could bring there because of the tender operation. Um, but there again, you know, we have a huge amount of, of acreage and we really had never developed the other the other part of that. So Half Moon is clearly completely a private destination. You know, you're at Half Moon Cay. You're not. You're not leaving. Mm-hmm. Versus Grand Bahama. As I said, we're creating an exclusive experience within a destination that is Grand Bahama. So people will also have the option if they wanted to go. As I said, experience Grand Bahama Island. So I think that's the big difference. As you know, Amber Cove. Um, we can take you to the beach. There's a beach right next door to where we bring the ship in. But Amber Cove in and of itself, when you come off the ship, you've got the great pool, you've got the zip line, you've got the overwater cabanas. We don't have the private beach. And I think that's really the biggest advantage when you look at the beach and you know the beaches in the Bahamas are just gorgeous.
0: So there are eight cruise line destinations in the Bahamas as of now. So what separates Celebration Key from the others?
2: Well, you know, we're going to make this uniquely Carnival. As I talked about, we want to offer something for everyone, the scale of what we are going to be able to create given uh, the amount of space that we have. The investment that we are making in phase one that will open in July of 2025 is over half a billion dollars. So I don't have the numbers for what other people have invested for Carnival. This is a huge investment that we are making here And that's going to be followed by the investment that we're making in Half Moon and the fact that we are going to really be able to bring in our largest ships as well as our smaller ships will really lean into both of these um, in a big way. I also think for us, Celebration Key, because it is on Grand Bahama Island, we're working very closely with the local government and the Bahamians to, to lean in and make it authentically uh, a Bahamian experience of so the people that will be working there, the economic opportunities for them, and again, for our guests to feel like they are in the Bahamas.
0: The scale of this project is pretty amazing. I saw some pictures earlier this week. What is it going to be, over a dozen ships visiting there?
2: 18 ships coming from nine home ports. The, the reason why we're making the level of investment that we are, there's enough space that we can bring two of our Excel uh, ships to Celebration Key on the very same day. Now, that's not that's not what's going to happen every day, <laughs> but certainly just to give people an idea of the, of the size and scale. Uh, and uh, again, something for everyone. We are very, very excited and looking forward to sharing more details.
0: As we know, the christening of Carnival Jubilee right around the corner, I believe the 24th of this month. And to get ready for it, you're auctioning off a pair of boots with Operation Homefront, is it?
2: Operation Homefront is, uh, is the organization that we've chosen to partner with to support military members and their families. Um, but as you know, Veterans Day, this just this past, uh, Veterans Day, we also donated, I think, eight vans in different home ports to be able to provide support to military members that need to go back and forth for medical or rehabilitation services. So Operation Homefront does support military members and their families, particularly for those that are deployed. So that's really what we're doing here with this, uh, this fund we're having with my With my new cowboy boots.
0: Yeah. So about the boots, Uh, when I saw you a couple of weeks ago on Jubilee, you're walking around with these really decorated boots. So if I'm clear, anyone can bid to have a pair of boots like this, not your boots, but custom boots.
2: Well, what's even better is that my boots that I was walking around in, we are going to be putting on display on Carnival Jubilee. Um, So people will be able to see these Beautiful, beautiful custom boots, which were designed by our um, ship designer for Carnival, Petu Kamali, made by Parker Boot Company in Texas that makes cowboy boots for presidents and celebrities. I thought these boots were so beautiful and unique, with the Carnival funnel, with the with the star of Texas, and these boots that I was wearing had my initials on the back. So C on the left and D on the right leg. So whoever wins the boots will be getting their own custom boots made by Parker with their initials. So these will be very personal um, to that individual. And um, there's only going to be one more made.
0: And these boots are going to be made to order, just to be clear. They're not going to be women's boots that you were wearing the other day.
2: Absolutely. And they're going to be custom made. So whatever size. You are, you're going to get the boots.
0: The highest bid for those boots right now, 13,500. If you want to see what they look like, check them out at cruiseradio.net. If you want to throw your hat in the ring to bid on these boots, it's uh, boots at carnival.com. Also, John Heald's Facebook page. He's actually keeping everybody updated on the highest bidder over there. Christine, before we hop here really fast, I want to say congratulations on delivery of the 27th Carnival ship, the transfer of Carnival Firenze. This puts you back at 27 ships, which was the pre-cruise shutdown number, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Absolutely. And you know, it's the same number of ships, but we've got a lot more cabins. (laughs) And as you've heard, We're better booked going into 2024 um, than we've ever been. So, you know, the message is, if you want to stay along Carnival, book early. And that's why we've got inventory open through the first half of 2026.
0: (laughs) Sticking to the talking points, I see. President of Carnival Cruise Line, Christine Duffy. Always a pleasure, Christine. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you, Doug.
1: Have a question or a comment for the show? (laughs) send an email
0: or voice memo to doug at cruiseradio.net a big question we get at cruise radio is how do i know if i need trip insurance simple answer if you're getting on a plane taking a road trip or getting on a cruise ship you need to have travel insurance Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out tripinsurance.com.
1: The world is constantly changing. Your place for news is still the same. Online and on demand at cruiseradio.net.
0: Scott Lara, president of MilitaryFairs.com is in studio with me today to talk about his uh, recent trip on Royal Caribbean's Icon of the Seas. How you doing, Scott? Doug, great to be with you, my friend. Yeah, man. it's. Uh, I was following your pictures and uh, all the things you were texting me from the ship, and I was just like, wow. Let's take a step back here. It's not going to be our normal review because obviously it wasn't filled to the brim with guests. There's about 5,000 of you on there, though. So uh, some some questions will relate to a normal sailing. But let's start at pre-cruise thoughts.
1: Well, you know, Doug, I really never sailed on Oasis or Lure. I took a tour of Oasis. And so I was thinking to myself, how is ICON going to be different? And I've done a lot of research looking at, you know, what was going on. Uh, you know this thing seven years in the making and how awesome this ship was going to be and of course that wow factor when you walk on the ship and i went with my wife marty married 40 years and i tell you doug icon of the seas just an amazing ship on a whole lot of levels
0: yeah and we'll talk about some of those levels here in just a little bit but you live here in jacksonville and you made your way down to port miami Uh, did you do any pre-cruise time down there before you're sailing
1: No, we just went ahead and left from Jacksville, like around seven in the morning. And, uh, you know, it's about a five and a half hour drive, uh, you know, with the stops on the way. And so, yeah, just a straight shot down there.
0: All right, so they're in Terminal A down there at Port Miami, which is uh, about four years old or so at this point, maybe three years or so. Um, how was your embarkation once you parked and you got to the cruise terminal? Now, because there was four to 5,000 people on there, there was a lot of people embarking. So how streamlined is that process? It's absolutely streamlined, Doug, because the videos I've seen on YouTube
1: say that, when you go, you cannot pull around, drop off your bags, and then park. That's incorrect. Uh, we drove down there, and I asked the guy, hey, I want to drop off. Sure, just go right around the corner, drop off your bags. You can drop your wife off, and then circle back around, and then park your car and come down. So that makes it a whole lot easier, especially if you're older or you have a lot of bags. You definitely want to drop off the, those bags first. So that's number one. Uh, drop my wife off, and the, the luggage right there, circle back around, park, very easy, very seamless. Uh, Came down, uh, met my wife. The bags were, you know, taken away. Of course, I tipped the porter and then went through embarkation and it was just seamless. I mean, when you have your passport and everything, it was like five minutes from stepping in the terminal to being on the ship.
0: So what were your first impressions walking on the ship? Because like looking, you know, over the months, we've been watching the building and the, the videos and the slow reveals they've been dripping out over the past couple of years. And it's just like, It's hard to wrap your brain around all this being on one ship. Uh, What were your first impressions walking on board? And also, where do you embark the ship? I believe it's deck five.
1: And so when you walk on, I think everybody in the world has heard about this, the Pearl. And this thing, this device, this... It's huge. And you walk on, you'll see it changes colors. And that's that wow factor when you go on the ship. Because, and it took, you know, quite a bit of time to build this. But, I mean, just look. You'll see. It's amazing. And so then, you know, right to your right is Starbucks. Right above the Pearl is the Pearl Cafe. And then you have, like, you know, the promenade there with, you know, Sorrento's and everything. So that first impression, yeah,
0: that wow factor is a 10. What kind of stateroom did you have on this sailing? And what were your impressions for the three days you were on? That's a good question because, Doug, you and I have been like on carnival fascination,
1: carnival elation. And when you get on the ship, you look to the left, odd. You look to the right, even. Well, that's not the way it is on this ship. Uh, the funny thing is, we got a family balcony and they call it an infinite balcony because you don't have the traditional balcony where you know you step out you close that door and you're sitting there on your chairs looking out it's like a wall but when you hit a button half of the window comes down and then you have that area that's a, a the size of a balcony but you're just kind of sitting there which really adds a dimension to the room where you're really not outside and i think that's really good too because i know you know my wife's an ex-smoker And the thing she's always had about balconies is, are those balcony people to the left and right going to smoke? Even though you're not supposed to, will it drift over? Well, with this, you have no problem with that because you have that window that goes about halfway down. You can also hit a button to bring down the shade so you can have privacy,
0: especially when you're in port and you're looking at that other ship. So these are the infinite verandas like on the celebrity ships, right? They just kind of lower down to about halfway. See, my only issue with those is that it... Makes the room like super humid sometimes, depending on where you are. I haven't thought of that, but I mean, that's true.
1: But this uh, family balcony, Doug, when you walk in, they have this huge chalkboard with chalk, you know, uh, for the kids. And there's like two bunk beds. So this would be with TVs on each bunk bed. So if we did have our little six and four year old grandsons with us, they would have loved it. That was extra room. And then there's actually two rooms, one room with the toilet and a sink, which is, you know, small. And then you have the second room there with the shower. And Doug, what's weird is that the shower door pivots. I mean, so it's kind of a weird thing. But they did have like a one container that was body wash and shampoo all in one. So there's only one thing instead of like the three things you may see on Carnival. But the room was great. Uh, you could actually control everything on your phone with with the app. If you want to turn the the lights on and off, and uh, go up and down on the window. I know you were only on for three nights, but plenty of space, plenty of plugs. Absolutely. There's USB plugs. There's uh, you know the European plugs. There's the regular US plugs. So yeah, and all over the place too. And I've got to say, since you mentioned plugs, and we were talking about the pearl. Even in that pearl area right upstairs on the couches, all of them have like USB plugs cool. and electrical plugs.
0: So like you or myself, you got power. The room was good. Yeah. Now this has there's like forty bars, restaurants, and lounges on this ship. Okay. And I know you were only on for three days, but let's let's break this down and we'll start at the at the main uh the main corral there, which is the buffet. Do they call it the windjammer on here? Yeah, this is windjammer. Okay, and how was that?
1: Oh, it was great. Now there's two sides of it where Uh, You know, they have one side closed off. Now, this is during our limited sailing Mm -hmm. where there was just one side, but the food variety was great. You know, the the omelets, uh, all the different food you can eat. And there's a huge
0: variety. It was fresh. It was good. And there's no problem with that at all. Now, you were on with, like we said, four to 5,000, but full capacity is around 7,600. So do you think that might be an area of mass congestion at some point? Or is, do you think the ship is, and we'll get to this, but is it spread out enough where that might not be an issue?
1: That's a good point because it is spread out a lot. There's a lot of free options for food. So maybe everyone's not going to go up to the windjammer. but that's a very good point because when you have 7,000 people on the ship, if they're all going at noon to the windjammer for lunch, it could be a problem. But I really think this was well thought out with having... Having all these different food options that it's especially in some of the neighborhoods with the kids you know you can get a hot dog or a cheeseburger right there and the windjammer probably won't be as as congested as we might think
0: okay? And as far as the food outside of the wind jam, we're not talking restaurants or specialty restaurants, but like the hot dog place or little places for a grab and go. What did you experience through the sailing on a scale of one to 10 or 20?
1: I mean, these little places we could go to get a hot dog or a cheeseburger or these other restaurants that are complimentary all throughout the ship. They, the quality was good. The The crew was outstanding. I mean, Just very friendly, very outgoing. And so, yeah, the food. And, of course, you know, the ice cream, right? Because, like, on MSC, you know, there's, like, limited times where you could get, like, the soft-serve ice cream. But pretty much anywhere you walk on Icon of the Seas, there's somebody standing there by that ice cream machine, that soft-serve, and uh, handing it out to people.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, if you're paying forty seven hundred dollars a person to get on here, I would kind of hope that would be the case, right? You know, so it'll it'll up the game just a little bit. As far as the main dining rooms, though, how did that go? As far as seating and dining times,
1: that's a good question too, because the thing is, like a three story uh, dining, the the main dining room, like five hundred staff are working in there, Doug. And yeah, we ate in the main dining room every night. Chicken corn and blue. We had surf and turf. We had escargot, and it was just. Great, and you know you're talking about this dynamic uh, dining. I've heard about this too, but Marty and I had um as you you know your as you wish dining, or whatever yeah, as yeah. you wish your time dining right, so we just went down there, you know at seven thirty when it started, you know you go in this line over here, but then there are people that had assigned dining like different times, and i I think that's a big thing out there for the audience when you're trying to figure out. You know, do you want to eat early so you can go to the shows? Do you want to wait till later? I will tell you my, myself personally, I love going to eat early. You know, the food's fresh. The people are fresh. You know, you're going to get in and get out. If you wait till later on, that's different. But then you hear people say, well, if I come back from a sore excursion, you know, I don't want to race back to my cabin, do my makeup and, and feel rushed. So your time dining or my time dining, you know, is a great option also. And then
0: with that dining, same menu every night or rotating? Oh, it's very rotating. Okay.
1: Like, yeah. So like one night we had chicken, corn and blue. And we had some other food on the other two nights. But, yeah, it's definitely a rotating menu.
0: Is there any dining I missed that you may have dined uh, hot dogs, pizza, whatever? Absolutely. You do have Sorrento's Pizza. The pizza's great. But
1: you got, like, the Surfside Eatery, the Aquadome Market, uh, El Loco Fresh, which is, like, free tacos, the Park Cafe. But I got to say, one of my favorite comps restaurant or you know grab and goes is that Pearl cafe and it's one deck up from where the pearls located and it's grab and go there's a Starbucks right there if you want to get a coffee but to be able to grab you know a quick salad or just something really light really quick like a sandwich, But I've got to also say, too, the Aquadome market. Okay, the Aquadome, if you look at the icon, you see this huge dome over the front of the ship right on top of the bridge. And you're like, what is that? Well, that's the Aquadome where they have those folks, you know, jumping in the water and doing that water stuff. But there's a market right there free. Doug, they got the best, like, three different kinds Of macaroni and cheese, right? They've got Monte Cristo sandwiches. And so that's where we're going back to, like, these different venues where you can get food where the the Windjammer isn't. But, I mean, you got to know where these places are.
0: And if you hit these places, you're going to love them. This ship has neighborhoods that carry over from the Oasis class, and a couple of them really stuck out to me. And the first one, um, which doesn't actually carry over from the Oasis, I don't think, but the Surfside neighborhood, that's towards the back of the ship. Is that the adults-only area, or is there another one that's even uh, a little more restricted just for the adults?
1: Right. The hideaway area is the one you're thinking of where it's adults-only. It's kind of like a serenity area like most people would go on carnival. Surfside is the perfect place for my grandsons that are six and four years old, they have uh, it's on deck seven, and it's a Broadway concept, and they have like aqua parks. They have these thing called splash pads, and they have great seating there for the adults, so they can just sit on their phones and you know not pay attention to the kids. But then there's a bar right there where you can get alcoholic or non alcoholic drinks. Uh, there's a lot of food right there where you can you know grab and go, uh, ice cream. So I have to say. You know, if you're a family and you're taking your kids or grandkids, Surfside is going to be the place. And you can be there all day long. And it, it's it's all there. I mean, the bathrooms and the fun. And I will tell you, I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but I was standing in the Surfside area at Coco K when we were in the, at Coco Cay when the Red Bull aerial uh, guy was flying around. And so I, Surfside is a great area if you're uh, a family. Well, while we're outside, let's talk about the Chill Island area then. Oh, Chill Island. Now, Chill Island, I mean, chill. That's the place you can just relax. It's not going to be real loud, not a lot of activity. But you got huge ocean views. Uh, It's the largest pool at sea. You got swim and tonic. Uh, You have the Cloud 17 uh, adults-only pool area, which is, again, like another serenity area. And so it's a great place. Chill Island is great. Also, I have to say Thrill Island. Now, that's where... You got these record-breaking water slides, right? These are huge water slides, and they're not for the faint of heart, Doug. (laughs) They're not. I mean, did you do it? No, heck, no, no, I didn't do it. You know me. I mean, you know, when you have stuff that's called the storm surge and the hurricane hunter and frightening bolt, uh, I'm running. (laughs) I'm running the other way, man. But the thing is, is that they have like two family like raft slides where like you got like three of your buddies, okay, all four of us are gonna go down, you know, kinda like Mr. Beast at Coco K. All four of us are gonna get on this thing and go down. Uh, it was very, very cool. <laughs> now the other thing I gotta talk about is Crown's Edge. And this is like 154 feet above the ocean. And it's like this ropes course thing. And, you know, they even have video of, like, the CEO of Royal Caribbean doing this thing. But, you know, they strap you with this harness thing. Now, what it's going to cost you, $89.99. It takes 15 minutes. But you basically are walking on this edge, you know, like, around the side of the ship, high up. And then, boom, the plank goes out from under you. You're, like, hanging there. And uh, you kind of come around. Mm-mm. Now, are you are going to ask me if I did that? No. But, I mean, for $89.99 for 15 minutes, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that want to do it. But it's, it's a cool thing on the Icon of the Seas.
0: I mean, if you're going by the minute, Carnival charges $15 for 60 seconds on their Bolt roller coaster, right? So it's, it's a hell of a deal. I've also got to say on Thrill Island,
1: they've got a great uh, mini golf area that you know puts to shame anything I've ever seen. I know my grandkids would love it. And the mini golf area is right there by Thrill Island also.
0: I know that you weren't in a suite, but did you get to check out the suite neighborhood? <laughs> I did. And that was
1: a cool thing, Doug, because with me being on there, they handed us this hu- these huge cars. You know, to go to all the different room types and all the neighborhoods and so forth. And so yeah, we did go up to the uh, suite area, which is very cool. Because I mean, the rooms are really nice up there. And I'm sure everybody listening to this broadcast has heard about this $100,000 a week family suite that's got the piano in there and got the, uh, you know, slide in there. But um the sweet neighborhood is very nice. Upscale food there.
0: Well that's like where the coastal kitchen is, right? That's the sweet elevated dining room. Exactly. Kind of like the um, the Haven restaurant in Norwegian or whatnot. Central Park. Now I know that on the Oasis class ship, Central Park's a pretty big deal. Does it compare to the Oasis with the amount of plants? Much more because I mean I took a very like a one day tour of Oasis. They say I think it's like thirty
1: percent more flora and fauna. And as Marty and I were walking through there you could hear like i guess it's recorded birds or something you know and so and then you have different restaurants you got chops and other places right there too but i will tell you you know that's a very relaxing place to go you're kind of away from the hustle and bustle of the kids
0: as marty loved it it's very relaxing if it's like the oasis class it's open roof so if you're getting some inclement weather outside you could also be getting it in the park as well absolutely okay gotcha All right. So let's talk. uh, We'll shift gears here and we'll talk about the perfect day at Coco Cay here for a little while because they just recently did some big enhancements to that island, like millions of dollars worth. Did you get to check out the new Hideaway Adults Only section? There's two sections. Well, there's several beaches there, several, again, neighborhoods, if you will.
1: And I walked by them. You have to do this ahead of time. You got to reserve these things. But let's talk about Hideaway Beach. If you've been to the Bimini Beach Club, Doug, like you and I have been, that's what this is. Um, Adults only, 18 plus. There's about 1,500 to 2,000 people maximum. Pool party, DJ. There's uh, casual dining, multiple bars. And the good thing is is that your, you know, sail and sign pass or your your beverage uh, package works there just like it works on the ship. So, you know, there's a lot of problems with that, like with other cruise lines, but it does work there. Now, the Cocoa Beach Club, that is like $129 to $199, uh, all ages. But I have to just say, you know, kids under eight are not going to really like this because it's, it's. first of all, it's more expensive. Who wants to pay that kind of money for a younger kid? But it's upgraded dining, infinity pool, premium towels, and there's a limit to those people too, only 450 people. So. You know, Hideaway Beach, Cocoa Beach Club, you definitely want to look at those before you sail. And if you want to do it,
0: grab it because those can go quick. Is that the spot with the overwater cabanas? Oh, yeah, well, let's talk about the
1: cabanas because that's going to put you back a couple bucks. Now, the, the fun thing is like the Thrill Water Park, right? Now, that's between 93 and $199 a person depending on when you're going. The Cocoa Beach Club, it's $169 to $319. Hideaway Beach, you know, like $75 and up. The zip line on a perfect day for Coco Cay, it depends. Ninety three to one hundred nine dollars a person. The up, up and away—that's that balloon that you see. That's like seventy five and up. You can kayak for forty bucks per person, jet ski for one hundred three bucks a person, or snorkel for thirty six dollars a person. So, what I'm trying to say with all that information is that there are extra things you can do. It's going to cost you a little bit extra, but if you want a, a better experience or an enhanced experience, you know, book those things ahead of time.
0: Is there an upcharge for Hideaway Bay? Depends
1: on when you sail. Right, exactly. $49 or $99. Right, adults only.
0: So it's fluid pricing there. Yes. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. I remember seeing this big pool with a swim up bar. Is that pool free? Yeah, so the Oasis Lagoon is free, Chill Island
1: is free. And Doug, the free food on the island, you got the Chill Grill, Skipper's Grill, and they have these different snack shacks as you're walking around. Because, like with Chill Grill and Skipper's Grill, they're like on two separate sides of the island, right? So uh, as you're walking around, you can grab that Snack Shack. And, uh, you know, you, you and I both have been to Half Moon K and there's really no comparison because, number one, like Half Moon K, you got to take a tender. Here the ship pulls right in. You can grab a tram. The trams are right there on the pier. And Let me just tell you, that pier is windy. Mm-hmm. And we had a ship right next to us, and, man, it was windy. But uh, definitely you could take a tram over there. And you just start walking around, and there's lots of shopping there. But I did notice, Doug, like they add this
0: value-added tax uh, when you're shopping there. So just keep that in mind. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I want to go back to the tram situation. Sure. So because it's a pretty big island. Yes. Is it a route? It just constantly runs and stops, kind of like Disney does at their Castaway? Correct. Mr. Beast did this video,
1: $1 island to $250 million island. And he went to Coco Cay, and he's got a lot of video on this. And I tell you, with the water slides, with the free stuff, even with the enhanced stuff, this puts any other private island I've been to 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 shame. So how about the food options at Perfect Day? It's a little of both because Captain Jack's is the a la carte. You get chicken wings for seven ninety five, you get steak fries for three bucks. You can get, hey, your favorite bourbon barbecue. Yes. So <laughs> so the thing is, but there are other areas too, like a Chill Island, you know, you got tacos, barbecue chicken. There's lots of shade, lots of picnic tables. So, you know, that's a free area. So there's lots of, you know, variety there. So if you want to go that extra mile, maybe a, a more premium experience, you can do it. But if you're on a budget, you got the kids, yes, there's a lot of free food on perfect day for cocoa.
0: Okay, so you make your way back on Icon of the Seas. You leave the island, which I believe you had a sea day before you got back to Miami, correct? That's correct. Okay, so let's talk about the ship now. With being four to 5,000 people, how was it on the sea day as far as crowds and congestion? Now, I I realize I'm asking this question knowing that there wasn't 7,000 people on board, But in your professional opinion, do you see um, like any points of congestion around the ship? We talked about the the buffet area earlier, but other areas of the ship when it's completely saturated? I think that's a brilliant
1: question because I was thinking exactly the same thing. You know, like when I was on another ship uh, about a year ago, I was thinking, oh my gosh, if there was like as many people on this and there were less people than when I went, how would it be? And I will tell you, they really thought this thing out. Well, there's more open spaces. There's different venues. Like you may want to go to the dueling piano area or you'll be at the Pearl. You'll be, so it's not going to have all these people like in this one area, like (laughs) carnival elation. I mean, here in Jacksonville, it's, it's a small ship. And so when you have what, 2,500, 3000 people on that, it's going to be tight. They really thought this out because Doug, the areas like on the different decks where you would get off to go to your room, right? The area is huge. And there's like 12 elevators in this kind of a circular area. And you just walk up to the keypad, you know, deck 15, you know, these smart elevators. And you know what? I read that the AI is still being trained on these elevators. They're, they're doing that right now. So you walk up on deck 15, you're like, you're going to go to your room or you're going somewhere. You hit that button And the elevator comes up, and it's going to take you where you want to go. Now, it may stop a couple places to pick up people going to the same location you are or maybe a couple different uh, decks, but the point I'm trying to say is is that In the areas where the elevators are, there's a ton of room where you could probably have, you know, 50, 60 people there. Like imagine, you know, getting on the ship or getting off the ship. It's not like other cruise ships we've been on where there's a, it's a very confined area. And if there's more than 10 people, you're feeling like you're, or if somebody's coming out on a scooter, you know, rolling over your feet, there's lots of room there. And that's the way it is dug throughout the whole ship. There's just a lot of space, a lot of place to sit. The promenade, all these areas are wide and they're open, so even though Marty and I were on the ship when there were fewer people on board, I feel confident when I go back on when there's six, seven thousand people on there, it's going to be fine
0: so I guess we can kind of compare it to so let's just use a carnival ship, for instance, when you walk on board a carnival ship, everyone kind of gravitates towards that the main atrium right but they because they really don't know where else to go, but it seems like as the sailing moves ahead people kind of disperse, right? Absolutely. So it's kind of this one, hey, my personality is hanging out at Chill Island or whatever it's called upstairs. Right. Well, the other might be, I want to go down, just read a book in this little nook or whatever.
1: Exactly. That's exactly right. Because when you walk in, boom, you see the pearl. And I know, like you, you know, okay, my cabin is forward. I'm not going to take that main, main the main elevator there midship. I'm going to go forward and get those forward elevators. And of course, we were aft uh, deck 11. And so we went aft right where the dining room is on deck five. And then boom, went right up to our cabin
0: and it made it very easy. It's weird to think that there's seven swimming pools on a cruise ship, nine hot tubs I can see, but seven swimming pools. And there's just different places. Cause you look at chill Island, thrill Island,
1: the hideaway, all these different places. Yes. There's lots of, and of course, the swim up bar, there's lots of pa- places where you can, even if you go with a family, right? You know, you got maybe the family members like with kids are going to be down there. It's Surfside, Uh, The husband and wife, just the two of them may be at the hideaway. You got a teenager over there, at the flow rider, and there's only one flow rider, which is fine. So, and there's just lots of things to do for lots of different people. And I will have to say, I, as I was walking around, I was really trying to compare it to MSC Seashore because I was on that uh, back in December. And again, you know, you're talking about two different brands. You're talking about two different ships. But my analogy is, is that both these ships are big. There's a lot of people on them. And I just have to say, with Royal Caribbean, it's very well thought out with, you know, the traffic moving around, with the restaurants, with the variety.
0: What kind of stage shows did you get to see or entertainment?
1: Well, Marty and I went to the Wizard of Oz, which uh, is— How was that? It was good. I mean, it was— Did you sit through the whole thing or did you leave? No, we just sat through a little bit. I'm the same way. And so we looked at it and just, you know, very upbeat— And then also the ice show is some kind of thing about this guy who's like a star man or something. And they're having like elements of the uh, periodic table. Mm -hmm. And it was cool. I mean, uh, Marty and I love the ice skaters and all that Uh, they actually played the song for the TV show Succession and everybody's kind of looking at each other so I'm a huge (laughs) fan of that show right at the very beginning so yes the shows were absolutely great and I will have to say this guy Messi the soccer guy Mm he uh, was like the godfather he and of course I don't think he speaks English and so he's like the guy and if you look at the video uh, he puts like a soccer ball on like kind of a stand and that's how it the uh, champagne bottle you know deployed down it and hit it but You know, just a lot of excitement on that. And I've got to hand it to Royal Caribbean. They just have done a great job with this ship. How was the Wi-Fi?
0: The Wi-Fi was good. Decent for... Yeah, it really was. I mean, I didn't lose it here or there. I couldn't get a straight answer out of this when I was talking to one of the executives a couple of years ago, just at the restart when I was on Perfect Day, but... Is the Wi-Fi an extension onto the island? Like, are there dishes everywhere? Like, will the ship's Wi-Fi work walking around Perfect Day?
1: My gut tells me they have something on the island, like a tower or something. Because when you're, I mean, that range from the ship to be able to do it would be unbelievable. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, when I was walking around the island, the Wi-Fi was absolutely great.
0: Now, I know you're not a big gambler, but what were your thoughts of the casino
1: space? It's interesting you say that because there's an escalator right there by the Starbucks on deck five where you can go down to it. And Doug, I hate saying this, but as soon as you walk in there you smell the smoke. Mm. And on MSC it was smoke free, which was very nice where, you know, just going by and taking a look. There were a lot of tables, a lot of activity and stuff like that. But yeah, it's a nice casino. So you could say that is the largest casino at sea. I would say so. It's huge and I, I think it's a you know a great benefit for those people who are, you know, casino players. Uh, to be able to
0: experience that. And for the shareholders too, right? I think so. (laughs) All
1: right, so is there anything we didn't touch on here? Doug, as we finish up, uh, about disembarkation, and this is something I want to share with the audience because this is something that my wife and I experienced. Like most people they will leave their luggage outside the door the last night of the cruise. Like, you know, by 9 or 10 o'clock, you have your luggage tag on there. And I always make it, you know, something extra. Like I'll put like a red, white, and blue uh, ribbon on a handle and then like a blue ribbon on another handle. So because you have all these bags that look the same, right? So Marty and I, we get we had breakfast in the main dining room uh, the morning we left. Our scheduled time was like 8 a.m. So we go down. Uh, And we get off the ship uh, very easily, walking down the jetway, if you will. And I was mindful to look when I was in Terminal A, where's the bags? Because you know you got to get your bags before you go security. Because you can't come back in the terminal after you do the facial recognition, right? So Marty's talking to me. I'm looking around. I see a couple porters standing there. I guess uh, on second thought, I should have asked the porter, hey, where is luggage tag 31? I need to get my two bags. But my wife is talking. We keep walking. And next thing you know, you're at the facial recognition. You stand there, green arrow. Okay, keep moving. And we walk past it. And my wife says, Scott, we don't have our luggage. I turn around to one of the staff and go, hey, and then immediately, Doug, um, Border Patrol, big guy. I mean, his arms are as big as our legs, right? Come walking up. Can I help you, sir? And it's like, yeah, we forgot our luggage. I, I think it's. I don't know where it is, but you know, can I go back in? Nope, you can't go back in. Uh-huh. And it's like, oh yeah, right. So we go out, and my wife was pretty calm about it, but I was not calm about it. And so we see a staffer outside the terminal. Hey, and here's a picture of our luggage. One's got a this. Okay, well, just give me a minute. It wasn't like five minutes the guy came back. Hey, here's a picture. Are these your two bags? Yes, they are. Uh, Where do you want us to stand? We'll stand right over here. And then a Border Patrol guy comes out, this big guy, and he goes, well, you know, we got to get everybody off the ship. And then once we get everybody off the ship, I said, well, how long is that going to take? I said, about an hour. He goes, yeah, about an hour. And so Marty and I waited an hour. And they finally brought the bags out, and I shook the guy's hand. And I just got to say, you know, when you're walking off any cruise ship, be If you have checked bags to take home with you, just take a minute and look around or ask somebody because if you hit... Those scanners, you know, the, to get out, immigration, it's game over. Even though you were the only person that happened to, it's still good to know. Well, the fact of the matter is, Doug, you travel usually by yourself. You got your backpack with your gear and you're, you know, boom, you're, you don't even check a bag. Usually, I just have a carry-on bag like you do. I learned from you. Just something real quick, get out so you don't have to do that. But when you're traveling with family or you got a wife, uh, yeah, it totally is a different thing. So, folks, please just be mindful of that. Look for that luggage and uh, that's no charge for that.
0: Well, <laughs> well, let's uh let's put a bow on this interview here. Then give me some of your fi- actually give me some first time tips for someone who may have an icon of the seas booked or maybe going to perfect day in fact give us a couple of each if you would sure and then we'll uh, move from there well the one thing i would do is
1: just do your research on icon of the seas because even if you're on a seven-day cruise you know doug we always talk about is bigger better i have to say this is i mean it's going to be tough to go back to elation to go back to carnival liberty to you know because this ship is just amazing and so what i will say is do your research first check out these different neighborhoods right Check out where the food is because it is very easy. If you don't check this stuff out ahead of time, you're going to come back and you're going to miss something. And so, number one, do your research. Number two, do everything you can ahead of time, like on the app, right? You know, plugging in your passport, you know, taking your picture. And then, like, I think it's 24 hours beforehand, you got to do your health survey. You didn't cough, you didn't sneeze, whatever. And then it makes it so much easier. Uh, next thing is just kind of let your family and friends know, Hey, listen, if you're going with a group of people, kind of like where you're going to meet, if you're going to meet at the Pearl, that's a great venue where you can meet. Uh, and then of course with Coco, K, okay, you want to book these things ahead of time, the thrill water park, the beach club, hideaway beach, the zip line book, the, just like your shore excursions on regular cruises, right? Cause you always get the pressure from the cruise line. They may be sold out. Mm-hmm. Well, if you book these things ahead of time, you're going to have that peace of mind that, uh, you're going to be able to experience those great things. And with Coco Cay, I hate giving this tip because I think a lot of people have taken it and I, I see it. You know, don't, you know, slow cup of coffee, ponder the day, get off the ship at 10 30 or 11. Even though there are a lot of chairs and free umbrellas on Coco K, you want to get there early, get a prime spot because if you don't, then, you know, your wife's going to be complaining that you didn't get a good spot. So get off the ship early, stay as late as you can, and you will
0: have a great day
1: at Coco Cay, guaranteed.
0: I realize this is not a ship for everyone, right? I mean, some people aren't going to like the bigger ships. They're going to—my favorite ship will always be the— spirit class with carnival it's just it's got that that cool little feel and i like to work um well i have to work while i'm traveling right. so i can find these little nooks and crannies and i'm just comfortable on a ship with about 2,500 3,000 people um am i saying that being with 7,600 people is complete hell no um i've done every single oasis class ship and I was fine there, but all that to say that everyone has their personality. There's a ship for everyone out there. It's weird though, because you may have seen this on social too, because you're you're hanging around there a lot. Which is like people kind of talking bad about the ship or whatever. But in my opinion, it's like this: a rising tide lifts all ships. Right? right. Pardon the pun there, right, right. but it's like this is making the cruise industry collectively look freaking awesome. I mean, Icon got, I think, 1.7 million views month to date so far. Right. Um, or not view. I'm sorry, not views, but searches on Google. And that's just uh, one analytic there. So it's like... This is great for the whole industry. No matter if you like it, you don't. It's not for you. It is for you. You're booked next week. This is a really, really good thing. And the other thing too, Doug, and I know you've talked about this quite a bit. The ships have now become the
1: destination. Yeah, of course. So many people now. How many times you've been to Nassau? And that's another story. Uh, how many times you've been to Half Moon Cay? How many times you've been to, you know, either St. Thomas? I mean, I've been to St. Thomas like 20, 30 times. The, the point is, is that the ships have now become the destination, and this ship. I tell you, you want to talk, listen, we need to go on Icon, Doug. I'll take you. We'll go. And you. when you see this thing, just the food options, the people, like all these entertainment areas, like the dueling pianos and all this, this ship is alive. And I look forward to going back on it again.
0: Scott Lara, president of MilitaryFairs.com. Scott, as a president panel today, huh? We got you, Christine Duffy. Very nice. Scott, thank you so much. Thank you, Doug. All
1: right, Dougie. Let's see what we got for you, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Get cruise news, ship reviews, and money-saving tips every Thursday on Cruise Radio. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show. If you want to help spread the word, give Cruise Radio a five-star review. Find Cruise Radio where you listen to your favorite podcast or online at cruiseradio.net. I'm your sir.